Hello, welcome to Step Up Nigeria's podcast. This podcast is an initiative built to create awareness of governance issues that highlight the cost of corruption and its impact on service delivery. It is also aimed at promoting values that will help build a society with people of integrity and provide solutions to service delivery challenges faced by everyday Nigerians. My name is Vanessa Emadi and I'm your host for this podcast. So the topic we'll be having today is calling all first-time voters. I have with me my teammates from Step Up Nigeria. So we'll start with our program director. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, my name is Zainab Harana, program director for Step Up Nigeria. Hi, everyone. My name is David Ainde, and I'm glad to be here, senior programs associate for Step Up Nigeria. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Halima Ulufade, and I'm program associate for Abuja. Our project assistant in Nasarawa. Hi, everyone. My name is Kuri Shukugaza Ibrahim. Hello, everyone. My name is Gina Ateniesian, Junior Program Associate for Step Up Nigeria in Abuja. Thank you, Gina. On Step Up Nigeria team, we have people who have voted before and people that have not voted before. And I think this is going to be a very interesting, interesting topic. So we are basically uh, trying to encourage first-time voters to come out to vote in the upcoming election. So the 2023 general elections are only 10 months away. And in the last three months, there has been increased buzz around the elections with many political aspirants declaring for various public offices most prized of all, the office of the president. For many young people in Nigeria, this will be the very first time they will participate in an election. For others, this will be another chance to put the best people for the jobs in place. On this episode, my colleagues and I are here calling on all first-time and young voters with a view to inspire them to take part in governance, to think rightly and to vote rightly. We hope you enjoy our conversations. First off, I'll be asking, please, who has voted and who has not voted? I have voted. I've voted in previous elections. Well, I admit I have not voted before. What about you, David? I haven't myself, and there's a lot of backstory to that. So I'm sure during the course of um, this um, podcast, we'll learn why. Okay. So now my question, for those of us that are first-time voters, like we've not voted before, are you planning on voting? And if you are, why do you want to vote now? Let me start with David. Okay, thank you, Vanessa. For me, um, I think why haven't I voted and why do I want to vote now? I'd say um, the reason why I haven't voted in the past couple of years is because of some of these stringent policies. First off, um, I did my registration back then in Kwara, and at the time when it was elections, I had relocated to Lagos, and then the policy was we all have to travel back to where we needed to vote, and I I, I didn't see myself doing that because there were a lot more other things at stake. So the past, I think, three elections, I haven't been able to vote, but I'm a serious advocate for um, nation building. And that's why I'm looking forward to this one. Um, uh, it would be good to mention that I've gone ahead to relocate my um, voters polling unit and all of that stuff back to Lagos, very close to my place. And I'm looking forward um, to participate this time. Thank you. Thank you, David. And Halima, you mentioned that you've not voted before. I think I had the same issues with David. I registered in Quara and so even while I was in Quara, I was quite there's so many stories that come to the election. Oh, it's it's not safe, you have to be um you can't go out there and stuff like that. So I'll say partly because I was a bit scared of being mobbed or anything on the on the queue of the election or when trying to vote. 
So I didn't go out to vote. And I think when I moved to Abuja, I just didn't, I was, I was unable to vote, but I'm, I'm working on finding, transferring my location back to Abuja here and um, looking forward to voting in 2023. I, I realized you just can't sit back and think things will change, right? You have to take a step and um, make an attempt to vote for whoever you think is the best person for the job. So, and that's what I'm going to do this Tuesday. Thank you, Halima. For those of us that have voted, what were the challenges that you that you experienced during voting? I'll start with Zainab. Zainab, please tell us your reason why you voted before. Well, of course, um, to participate in the electoral process. Um, so, so as someone who's worked in the international development space for some time, essentially you're determining who who the people are who are going to be making decisions that are going to be affecting um the entire country affecting a large number of people so it's important to make sure that your voice counts and that your vote counts and so i went to use the ballot to make sure that my voice was heard so of course there are there are different challenges most of them have been mentioned by some of the others who have talked about you know the logistical challenges my first registration was in Ibadan because i had done my first registration when i was doing my it in Ibadan. At the time when I was doing that registration, no one told me that where you register is where you are vote. No one told me that, you know, it's tied there. So, you know, the INEC officials were around the neighborhood. I was free. So I popped in and I did the registration. Um, and then, you know, years later, when, you know, it's election time and you now need to vote, they're not telling you, oh, your card is tied to here. You have to go all the way back to Ibadan. But, you know, I'm, I'm not there anymore. So I think one, those were the challenges that I encountered. Um, but over time, when I now understood, after encountering that problem the first time, I now knew that, oh, you have to move your card. So I now had to, you know, make sure that I gave myself enough time to move the card. Also, another challenge that I encounter is um, I think that, um, and I don't think this is peculiar to me, it's peculiar to, it, it, it's something that affects a lot of us. Most of the times, I mean, I live, I, I used to live in Nasarawa State, um, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't very interested in participating in the elections of the particular state where I was. I was just interested in participating in the, in the presidential elections, you know. And I think that's a problem that, you know, a lot of young people have where everybody is just focused on, you know, the presidential elections, the gubernatorial elections. We don't, I think in FCT, they had elections just last month, uh, local government elections. The turnout was very poor. There were entire polling units where nobody turned up to vote. And then if you consider the fact that this is the arm of the government that is closest to the people, the one that people interact very closely with people, and people are not even participating, young people are not interested, they are not carrying that conversation. We literally do not even know who the people are, the candidates are that were running. They didn't even bother printing posters. They didn't even bother because they know nobody is interested. No one is asking them any questions, you know. So I think these are also some of the challenges um, that I noticed. Of course, if you are going to vote, you have to be ready. Um, first of all, as a woman, can't even wear, you can't wear something that you are not absolutely comfortable in if you're going to be voting. Because there are literally times when, in my polling unit when I voted, they cancelled the, the results from that polling unit. They cancelled the results at the end of the day because... It was it was it was a huge polling unit. The turnout was huge. I spent, I think, maybe about six, seven hours before I was eventually able to vote. With I finished, I vote. I, I was there from say 7 a.m. in the morning. I was there till like 5 p.m. in the evening. That was when I got to vote, and there was still like a long queue of people behind me. So those people are still voting at the time they finish voting before they start counting the votes because it's ideal that. You know, you vote and you make sure you stay there and you watch them count so that there's no manipulation of the results. But 
people cannot, for women, for example, you cannot stay in places like that when it's dark. It's not safe and violence could break out at any point. So those, you know, those are some of the challenges. Um, and then even at the end of the day, going through all of that hassle and then having the results getting cancelled was also a bit, um, a bit, uh, it was a bit of a downer. But yeah, these are constant challenges that, you know, you encounter when you go out to make your voice heard. Thanks. Thank you, Zainab. That was really helpful. Gaza, what was your experience like? I know the Nasarawa states. How was it? Um, during the election, um, we had issues with transportation. Then security also. There was a big challenge also with security. Like um, my poly unit from my house, the distance of my poly unit from my house is like an hour. And there was a lot of restriction on the day of election. So no bikes to move, no vehicle to move around. Security was just everywhere. So you have to step out from your house and walk. So I had to walk from my house to Natural State Polytechnic where I would go and vote. Then apart from that, walking alone wasn't really cool. So I had to look for one or two of my friends so we could walk out together and go to vote. And some of them were not interested. So automatically we were just walking down from my house to my polling unit. Then reaching the polling unit, security operatives, they were, they were few. So when um, issues broke out, uh, people had to run and stuff like that. So we're not really safe. Then at the polling unit again, there's no shelter. So everybody's just standing in the sun. And plus the stress, you understand, the place is not conducive for each and everyone. So it makes some persons not to even come in the first place. So I think those things should be addressed in the future so we can get people coming to vote. Yeah, you're right about the poor security because I think those are part of the reasons why people would not even want to attempt going out. They really need to improve in security. Gina, please, what was your experience like? Um, I th- I think my my experience was somewhat um like um Gaza, um though we were. We were already told that oh they will do the voting units to be closer to our homes, but polling units were far um, voting units were very were further from people's homes, and you had to trek or walk from your house to the place because there was no cars allowed, and because of the fear of of any kind of disruption happening, most parents did not even allow their children to go out. So even if they, those that wanted to vote, they had to go in groups. So I had to go in groups with some elderly men and women, and I had to like be in the center just so that I'm safe. You know, I'm covered from any form of things that was going to happen. The road was dry. There was it, it was a very bleak day. I would just put it that way. And it wasn't so encouraging. You saw, you see a whole lot of elderly people going out to vote. The younger ones just didn't want to go through that stress. Like Gaza said, the place was places were open. There was no enough protection. Even people that came to sell um, wares, they sold things at very high rates. So, I mean, if you if you wanted to eat, you have to just purchase something that they were selling. So the, the environment is not so conducive. It's not that conducive enough to encourage young people to come out to vote. We that voted, I think for me, we were first of all, we were forced to get the, our voters card in school before we collected our our results. So that was even one of the reasons why I even had the voter card in the first place. And I think it helped. Maybe schools should, universities should consider doing that because they forced us. If you don't, if you don't have your voter card, you won't collect your results. So that means if you don't collect your results, you can't go for service. 
So, I mean, that was the reason why most of us that graduated from my set had our voter's card. And I really wanted to vote. So, despite the complaints from my parents, the worry about the um, anything that could happen, I mean, we just found a group of people to work with. So, I'm, I'm thinking most of those things could be curtailed. Things like providing at least maybe movement for people that their their voting units are also are far from each other just like what zainab said for other um, forms of elections that were going on most people do not have enough information there's no enough information about other kinds of election that is going up people to vote for so that's why you can see a situation where there's voting and people don't turn out there's no enough information because a few people don't care. And right about now, with the situation of things now, I think most people too don't care. But if they put it in people's faces, I think most people will also try to come out to, you know, participate in such elections. Thank you, Gina. People don't pay attention to those kinds of elections, like right? they're just focused on the presidential, gubernatorial. So what are the challenges that youth like us, like if you're trying to be involved in government offices, what are the challenges that we face? I'd like to hear from David. David, what do you think? Interesting question to ask. I'm of the school of thought that um, before you go into probably the political system, you should have some bit of knowledge about it. I think we're not even seeking that knowledge. Sometimes we just think we want to change the world, but then we don't even know how to. Yes, we know that you need to get into public offices in order to do that. But then um, you see someone coming up from nowhere and then trying to vie for a position which we think popularity will take us in there. So I would say one of the challenges is we're not looking out for, we're not even seeking for the information on what the, the entire electoral process is. I'll say for me, uh, when I registered, I had no idea that I needed to be around my polling unit to vote. So if the information is not readily out there, I need to seek for it. I need to be knowledgeable about it. Also, in order to participate as a youth in um, any political office. I think it's important that we start doing the work. Like it's not just looking for the glory, it's going towards the work. And how do I do the work? It's starting with social development initiatives. And I think so it's like Gina said, it's not about blaming the government or blaming the system or blaming INEC for not putting out information. I think it starts with me, most of, importantly. How do I really want to get involved? Do I want to vote to change the country? Am I part of those people that say, please wait? So yeah, I'll just stick on. We don't find out what the information is, and uh, we're really one of the challenges ourselves out there. Thank you. I think I want to hear what Zainab has to say on this. Yes, yes. I was just going to uh, chip in that um, it, it, they are including young people. You are just not the one that they are including. Um, the people sitting in offices in Lagos, in Abuja, fancy offices in urban areas are not the young people that they are including because you will come in and you will question them and you ask questions and you will demand to know what their plan is. They are not interested in you. They are interested in, they, they do have their blocks of young people that they actively engage. Even when I mentioned that in the local government elections, um, in, in, in the ones that just happened, that young people were not, the young people I was speaking about were young people like us, like people who, who are educated, who, 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 who are pragmatic, who understand like the kinds of questions that need to be asked. There were actually people who came out to vote. They went, they, they went to locations, in rural locations, semi-urban, semi-urban locations, and they paid people to come out and vote. They have their blocks of young people. They have their young youth groups, um, uh, 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 streets, uh, street boys, um, um, urchins that they actively engage with. They actively bring them into their offices. They visit the people. They have conversations where they pay them to go vote. So when we talk about uh, people not being out, and, and what you will find, which I, I always 
Um, I always advocate, even when I'm speaking to young people, um, like the educated and the elite uh, groups of young people, is that what you will find is that electoral knowledge that is embedded in those groups is actually very high. Like they understand the workings of Nigeria's electoral system. If you go to go to a bus park, go to a crowded box park and speak to those guys that hang around the bus parks and ask them about elections and democracy. And they will tell you how elections work. They have a very grounded knowledge. While the, what you will find is that the young people, the elite groups of young people have a strong understanding of democracy and good governance. But when it comes to actual electoral process in Nigeria, it is the boys, the, the, the touts in bus parks yeah. that understand. So we have to find a way to bridge that gap. We have to find a way to convert our own understanding of good governance to them and also um, have a way to translate their understanding of the electoral process to us so that we have we are now balanced because what we have now is unbalanced. And then the people who have this understanding of the strong democratic process, the good governance, do not go out to vote because, you know, they are, they are apathetic to the process. They're like, my vote doesn't count. If I go out to vote, they'll just come and snatch the ballot. They will come and rig the election. So what's the point? Those people in the bus party, they are going out to vote because they've been paid to. They are going to vote for the person who paid them to vote, right? So for them, is 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 stomach stomach democracy. Oh, you paid me. I have money to eat now. I'm going to go vote. This guy has, you know, these people, you you this political party did not give us enough money. Or is these people that gave us more money that will vote? They have, they have, you know, they're out there, they are voting. And so the conversation that I'm always having with young people is, please, can you go out and vote? It does not serve a purpose where you stay in your house because you are pathetic about the voting process. You refuse to go out to vote because you say your vote doesn't count. Then you spend the next four years complaining about the governance system. You spend the next four years complaining about Nigeria's political, uh, political leaders. But when you had the opportunity to even say something, you say, oh, I don't want to talk, please, because yeah, my voice doesn't matter. But now you're complaining and you're disturbing all of us for, the, for four years until the next elections, right? So I think, when we, I think it's important to unpack this conversation around the challenges young people face. Which young people? Is it the ones, because there are different young people in Nigeria. If you even unpack that conversation, the challenges young women face, the challenges young people with disabilities face, it's all very different. So we even have to even unpack the conversation completely before we even start saying, okay, these are the challenges facing so so and so people, and here's how we're going to now tackle it. Thanks. Is there anything you'd like to say, Gaza? Okay, I would like to add a lot of things. Um, Zeno said a lot, David said a lot. So I would love to match these two things together and bring another clear picture to everybody. Now, um, all of us went to school. I went to school also. I think there is one problem with us going to school. All of us that went to school have one similar issue. We don't like the whole process of the election because we feel they will rig the election. Now, a common youth that sits in the park or sits in a beer parlor drinking feels that he needs something in his pocket so that he can eat. So when a politician meets him, automatically he gives his support completely to the politician. Now, when you talk about um, youth getting involved into politics, we have to go back to the roots. Are you a member of a political party? Are you involved in the decisions of a political party? Before you continue, are you a member of a political party? <laughs> yes, to an extent. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So you have to be a member of a political party. And decision about elections and the process of elections starts from the world level. Where you sit with your world chairman, you put discourse, you plan, okay, who are we going to bring 
you understand, contest a particular position and stuff like that. And as a youth, how many youths are willing to join a political party? So when I approach a youth and I talk to him today, bro, come, let's come and join this party. And all of them are like, I don't have time. I'm not interested in all these things. This thing is rubbish. So how do we start making impact? I want to vie for a position under a political party. The first thing self youth, there's, there's a sort of discrimination from the youth block. They will discriminate you. You don't have money. Then this uh, particular um, uh, word that people used to say, it's better to go with the devil that we know than a devil that we don't know. You understand? So nobody is looking at you because one, you do not have the financial capacity. Two, you do not, uh, people are not used to your face. And three, they feel if you go there, you will not do their thing. And they feel it's better let's work with an old person that will give us crumbs and, and money to eat and stuff like that. So automatically, we have discrimination coming from our youth already in the picture. Then lack of inclusiveness of um, youth. Okay, you are not putting a young person like me. So how do my friends come to support me? So automatically, you, you won't find them coming. So we talk about the uh, knowledge of the political process. Okay, if I was going to be in a political party, for instance, I'm going to be selected to contest for maybe House of Assembly in my state, for instance. I'll have to involve my friends. I'll have to talk to them about one or two things. And that's where the knowledge of one or two of these things will start coming in because I am young. So I'll have more of these young people coming in to the picture. So youth inclusiveness to an extent is poor. Then disloyalty. You bring in your friends to a political party. Boom, they are in. Someone just give them cash. Pra, pra, pra. All of them have left you. And so you guys cannot move together as a block because everybody is hungry. So unemployment to an extent is helping um, the political class or the elite class to have influence in our youth. So we have to address that too. Then um, the social and cultural norms in Nigeria. Um, everybody feels that um, a political position is, is more fitting for an adult or an elder, somebody that is up to 40, 50, 60, because they have seen the world and they know everything about what is happening in the world. So a young person, yeah. 20, 25, coming to contest for an election is like, ah, this one don't know anything. So it's better not to even involve him. And for us, because we are used to the system, it's better for us to go with somebody that is older than for us to even look at the youth also. So the youth have to come into the system. So when the youth come into the system and our numbers are much and we are loyal to ourselves and we push a particular candidate. Now, this old um, adult uh, generation or this elite, we have no option than to come down and say, OK, let's negotiate. OK, what is he going to offer? That's where we have a round table where the youth, the women, and, and the adults will come to sit down. But in a case where the, the, the youth are not pushing, the women are not pushing, so the men are just there looking, and the women are feeling, okay, let us be sympathetic to have them rule. And the youth are like, okay, let us to, you understand? I don't know if you're getting this whole picture. They have, they have to be a full advocacy from every angle, pushing and encouraging both women and youth to get into the system. And for the educated, let me say the literate that have, have gone to school, we have to work on their, their mindset. The, the, there is a big question. If you go back to university days, um, SUG election, how many uh, students come out to vote for just common SUG election? 
coming of um, college elections. The only election that I know that people uh, vote for is class rep because everybody everybody's in the class and it consigns me, it consigns you. They feel they have a say in that one. They feel like, okay, we are here, we, can, we are doing everything together here. I have a say. But they don't think they have a say in the bigger picture. When we get involved, when we start getting involved, okay, there is a, a, an election, for instance, and one of us from our class is contesting for the PRO. We'll come out to go and support him. But in a case now, nobody, none of us here is contesting for any position. So why are we coming out? Why are we going to get involved? You understand? So there is a I, big gap there. That gap has to be closed. So there's, there's a lot of advocacy that should be done in regards to that, getting youth involved and getting youth to contest. The preaching should move from just voting to joining a political party. Just like how Gaza said, we have to go back to the foundation. I, I am very sure that I, I know nothing about joining any political party currently because the preaching that is being, all that is being said now is votes. Just vote for this person, vote for this. That's the preaching. That's what everybody is speaking about. But nobody is asking if anybody has joined a party. Nobody is asking if you know that there's even a party that is close by that you can join. The, the, the narrative should move from people just voting to people actually joining political parties. And it should start from schools because if they can force me in school to, to get a voting card, they can force people there in school to, to join a political party. And as you're coming out from school, you just continue just continue the journey instead of you coming halfway and then you are lost you don't know what to do so i think the narrative should change from just voting to people at use actually joining political parties is that is that an expression of civic rights if you force people to to join no it will not be is that, are you truncating are you truncating people's civic rights <laughs> i was about to say that, that I, i'm not want to join a political party right i don't want to join a political party i don't want to be involved in politics but i want to be able to express my civic rights i want to be able to vote in peace i want to be able to go to the ukraine and not be scared that because i almost actually joined become a ad hoc official for the 2015 election which i ran away from because i was like uh that could be dangerous. I actually went for the training and I didn't go for that. Right? So I want to be able to say, I want to go to the polling unit and vote without being scared of being mobbed or anything else or be standing under the sun for nine hours. There are people that don't have the um, health-wise and not strong enough to stay for that long at the polling unit. You all have made really, really interesting points. Well, let's take this deeper, vote buying. How do you think vote buying disrupts election? Jenna, you voted before. Have you had any experience with vote buying? Oh, yes, I have. I, I, I think the last time I voted in the 2019 um, election, we had people that came to the voting unit to share money. Like, they just cornered people in one corner and said, who do you want to vote for? And then they were sharing the money. And when those ones, when they collected, they go to the next person and then they show you the... the they were all trying to be very discreet about it, but I mean, we saw them with their truck. And you know, they don't hide. They just, they are very visible. They, they, they let you know that they are coming to buy your vote. And it's really disruptive because currently, the like Zainab and Alima has mentioned, the stomach infrastructure um, um, narrative is really high. People are deathly, they are very, very hungry. And so they, right about now, even if you give them 2,000 Naira, they're like thinking about what 2,000 Naira is going to do for their families. It just takes a lot of strong will to 
to you know remove yourself from that situation so yes i've experienced it firsthand previously people used to hide to do it but now it's like really really visible they don't hide to do it anymore which is really i think that's the problem so yeah it, do, it does exist and i think it's also very very disruptive to electoral processes actually it's right in nigeria yeah okay so going back to your story you said like they came in their trucks, they were not hiding and they were literally sharing money. So please, my question, was there no security around that place? Somebody of making course, sure that there was security. They they were and they gave them they gave them stuff too. They bought food for them with drinks and beer. They would sat down there and they were drinking and they were eating. And so imagine people seeing that. Imagine people that came with their kids and saw that happen. Like their parents were trying so hard to you know shield them or try to explain to them what was happening, but I mean that I think that damage is already done. So, but they came. They came prepared. They brought food for the security men. They gave money to people that were willing to call. Like they will come to you, and then if they see that you you show some kind of reluctance, they leave you and they go to the next person. So yeah, I, I mean the fact that they're even doing it so openly is even is even more. It's even more disruptive than when they were even hiding. Now they're doing it so openly, like they don't care. I mean, if you come for them, they'll come for you. So. That's the norm, I think. It's the new norm in Nigeria. Thank you, Jenna. Jenna, is there anything you'd like to say concerning vote buying disrupting election? Yes, it's very disruptive. I don't think we can even under, underestimate how disruptive it is. Because essentially, as, as a friend of mine would say, is that you have like maybe what the, 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 the 2% or 3% of people who have been paid to go vote now determining the fate of millions of Nigerians because they are voting and based on, you know, what they've gotten rather than on merit based. So I definitely think that it's quite disruptive and, and it's it's totally um tilts the voting process. Like we we're not seeing the people who we expect, people who will come in and do the jobs. Um the people who are thinking through the process, who have their plans in place, we're not voting for those people, rather we're voting for what we are seeing, people who you know, have more money throughout around. Even now, the quality of people that we're seeing who are showing up for some of the for the for the elections next year are even troubling to me. You are seeing someone buying out a whole renting a whole stadium, one person, so that they can, you know, gather people and, you know, share things. We are seeing bags of money floating around. That's you know, it's going to disrupt the entire process because what we're seeing is, you know, people are not coming to the polling units to to vote based on the fact that this person can do the job, but oh, this person gave me more money or gave me more things. Um, yeah, so I think it's quite disruptive, and we need, really need to tackle that narrative by getting people um, to vote right, um, regardless of whether you collected something or not. Just ensure that you vote in the person who you're sure is going to deliver on the job. And maybe over time, when these political aspirants see that, oh, I gave money and these people did not vote for me, I gave money and did not win. After a time, if it happens to you three times, four times, nobody will tell you before you stop giving people money and you go and start telling people what you're actually going to do. So I think the 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 the, the advocacy is um is is actually on both sides, engaging people who who are the engaging the supply and demand side, the people who supply the money and the political aspirants, getting them to do the right thing, and also engaging the people who receive the money and making sure that they vote rightly and they vote for the people that they trust will get the job done. Yeah, thanks. Is enough. Okay, now, since we have all agreed that we'll be voting in the 2023 elections, I'd like to ask you, David, what can be done to encourage more people to come out to vote, especially first-time voters like us, and to participate actively in governance? 
I think a lot has been said about what can be done. Advocacy is the first thing. We need to actually be properly educated as well. Um, elections is not something that the elites, in quotes, the rich people are supposed to be doing. The election is something that everybody needs, needs to get involved in. Um, like Gaza also said, if, if, if we're not in political systems and we don't try to get into the political system or parties, as it were, we wouldn't really understand what it means. That's why somebody would take off 1,000 naira on the streets, not knowing that, oh, that's selling off a lot of people's rights. That's like signing into, into the country, um, some el el um, economical downturn. That could be you just selling the entire rights of all the children in the rural community because of 2,000 naira. So every one of us needs to understand that this is about us. So we try to see how we can bridge that gap. Like everyone has said, communication gap has to be bridged. We have to make everybody understand that if you uh, turn a blind eye, you are indirectly causing the problem for the country. So uh, enough said. I think that I'll rest at that point. Okay. Thank you, David. Halima, please, is there anything you'd like to say to encourage people to come up, just like you'll be doing? I'll just say, don't just do the talk, do the work as well, right? So if you want your country to be better, do the work. Don't just sit down at home and think things are just going to change. We want good roads, we want access to one quality education, we want we want unemployment to disappear. But before, but for that to happen, then we need to put the right people in the right position. So yeah, do the work. Thank you. So now, people that have voted, Gaza, I'd like to ask you, is there any tip you can give us first-time voters when we are coming out to vote? Your security, um, know the people you're standing with, make sure you are with someone that you know very, very well. You, feel you and the person you feel should be together in a place. Always stand with people that you know. That is one. Then two, do not talk too much. You are in an election ground. Don't talk too much. Don't open your mouth and be talking. You can get yourself into trouble. Because maybe the person you're supporting is not the person another person is supporting. You can start to fight with you. Then two, when there is a problem in your electoral poly, uh, like your polling unit, do not panic and do not run immediately. What you need to do, you have to watch, observe, calm yourself, know what is happening before you move so that you don't run from a good place and get into where the whole problem is happening. Then protect your vote. Uh, voting is one, but after the voting, you need to look at the ballots, uh, how they count the votes. At the end of the day, is there anything abnormal that the, the person counting the votes did? If there's something abnormal, you have to speak out with your people, not you alone, because you are with your people. So if people can talk, then get your gadgets because of evidence. You snap, take videos of what is happening within your, your poly unit. And when the result is being scored, at least snap it. And when the the umpire is announcing the result, have a record of it just for evidence sake, so that you can have evidence and keep those evidence. That's what I'll have to say for first-time voters. Go to polling units early, he, adhere to instructions, stay with someone that, is, that you know, stay close to him. When there's a problem, do not panic. That's what I'll just have to say. Thank you. I think one of the things you need to make sure is be strategic about picking your polling units. Um, the the INEC has has a portal now where you can go online and move your polling unit around. If your unit where you are is too far from you, 
move it. You still have enough time. We'll have enough time before elections move it uh, so that there's one close to you because you will be working. There is no, even if you have a car, it's even ideal. It's recommended that you leave your car at home because movement is restricted. Um, so everybody will be on foot so that if it's close to you, you can easily walk. For me, uh, close to my house, I have actually, I have two polling units. Um, one one is a market ground and one <laughs> One is a police station. I, I chose the market, please, because I don't want. I don't want. Um, because for different reasons, uh, the market is is open. It is a very open location. There are multiple exits and multiple entrances. It's a very open ground as opposed to the police station, which is sort of tucked away. So I chose I chose the I chose the market. Um, so you have to be strategic in picking. Um, if if your if your polling unit is in, in is in a secluded area, um. Sometimes that, that might even be better. Um, if you know the area very well, you can make those decisions. You can also ask people who have voted previously. When I wanted to choose, I asked people, I asked people questions. I was like, okay, people who have voted here, or this is, I'm new in this area, which is better between here and here? And they advised me. Um, so you can also speak to people who voted around you before, which polling unit is better. Uh, sometimes if, 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 if a polling unit is problematic, even if it's close to your house, it might just be better to avoid it. If it has like a history of, you know, violence erupting and things like that, and maybe find a way to, if there's another, because sometimes polling units are not that far away from each other. There might just be a few, a few uh, walks, a few feet away. So you can also opt for another one that has a more, um, a, a history of more uh, quiet elections being held. Um, dress comfortably. Um, if, if like we, we, Gaza has said it, we don't know. Um, usually it's best to wait and observe. But if there's a reason that you need to move and move fast, then you want to be sure that you can. Um, I would advise against wearing, um, you know, open open toe slippers, for instance, you know, something like that. Best to go maybe sneakers, dress comfortably, just so you are, you know that if you need to move, you can move fast. Do not go to the polling unit with too many things. Don't go with with a backpack or anything or things like that. Just go, be very free. Um. You you can take your phones. Phones are good because if you need to take pictures, if you need to record what's happening, you can. Uh, but don't go with too many things. Don't go with too too many stuff. Go with a bottle of water so you can hydrate yourself if need be. Maybe some snacks. So because you might be there for a while. Typically, you spend the whole day. Um, you spend a lot of hours, more than 12 hours at the polling unit. So go with some snacks so you can um and go with water so you can hydrate yourself. I think there's a clear here. Is there a way that government can make this easier for the citizens? Imagine spending 12 hours. Imagine not being sure of your security. Is there a way government can make this easier and like at least so that when we go out, we know that we are safe? I mean, I mean, the, the, the reason the reason why some people spend a lot of time in there are some people who go to polling units and by midday they are done in their polling units and they've counted and they've packed up and everybody has dispersed. It depends. That's why I'm saying be strategic in your polling unit. Some polling units are don't have as much crowd. The polling unit where I went to, the reason why the results were cancelled was because it kept getting disrupted. There were too many people. There were hundreds of people at that location. And that's why even till 4 p.m., 5 p.m., people were still voting. There were too many people in that polling unit. There were other polling units, especially in Abuja. There are polling units that by 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, they finished. They've counted. They've, they've packed up. The INEC people have gone, gone home. Everybody has dispersed. You wouldn't even know elections happened in that unit. So you also have to be... so. Saying that, um, I mean, government has made the provision centered security forces restricted movements. The reason why movement is restricted on the day of elections is not to punish people, 
It's to make sure that people who have nefarious purposes are not on the road. Imagine if people could just be driving around. Someone would just the issues of both ballot snatching would be much higher than what we have it. Is the reason why it's not as high is because some people are co-opting some of the security operatives that have been sent to protect um, the ballot. And it is I saw videos from the last election and it was security officials um, that were snatching the ballot boxes. Um, so it's the, the government can make the provisions, but I mean. People, people still have to be the ones to implement some of those provisions that they've put in place. So sometimes you can't blame them too much um, about the outcomes. Even people, I mean, there are cases where INEC official staff have been killed. Numerous, numerous cases where INEC, I don't assume that INEC likes their officials being killed at all. They, they don't like it, but it's a very precarious job. And, you know, it's what they signed up for. If there were ways where they could make it safer, I assume that they would have done that. But in the meantime, I mean, you live in Nigeria, so you know how this, this is the thing I'm saying. The people at the bus park are not asking me, how can we make this thing easier? <laughs> eh? this, this is what I'm saying. All these people in Abuja offices are Lagos offices. So I think, I do think that, um, yeah, it, 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 it is what it is. The process is, is tedious. It is a tedious process. And also, again, depending on your polling unit, it might not be. Between the two polling units that I chose, I assume that one of them is easier. Um, and would be done much faster. But I have my reasons for not going to that one, you know. I have my reasons for picking the one that I picked. And I, I know I'm ready to spend the whole day there. I'm ready to go with my mat and sleep there. I'm ready to go home. My house is not far. I'll walk home, grab something to eat and come back. I'm ready to dedicate my entire 24 hours because there's no work on that day. Dedicate my time, stay there. And th that's me. For other people who don't have that time, pick, you know, somewhere else that's, you know, easier or something like that. Yeah. So you you make you have the information available to you. You sift through the information and you make the decision that is best for you. Thank you so much, Zainab. That was really helpful. Thank you. You've heard from all of us. Please come out to vote. Let's all show up. 2023 elections. Your vote counts. Let's say no to vote buying. In this climate that Nigeria is, we need all hands on deck. We all need to use our votes to make a choice. Thank you all so much for listening. So keep up with us on our social media handles. Please follow us on our Twitter and Instagram at step underscore up underscore Nigeria. On our Facebook and LinkedIn, Step Up Nigeria. And we have a YouTube channel, Step Up TV. And then you're listening to our podcast. And for our website, stepupnigeria.org. And you can also sign up for our newsletter below on the homepage. I have a lovely team <laughs> and I'm so glad that we are all going out to vote. Thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, Vanessa. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.